Welcome. To Arcade Audio. On Raglan Road Of an autumn day I saw her first And knew That her dark hair Would weave a snare that I might one day rule I saw the danger and I passed Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is the other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I'm about to drink water out of my daughter's cup. That's... That's weird. How how long has this been sitting here? All night. That's what. Is that like hair on it? What is this? <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's from uh, shout out to Four Rivers. Oh, this is the coop. This is the. Uh, oh, it's that's both. I've never been to the coop. We should go to the coop. I think it's only in the Winter Park. It's like their uh, Four Rivers like chicken joint. Yeah, I'm aware of what it is. I haven't been there. If you're aware of it, why haven't you told me? You don't frequent Winter Park. I'll frequent Winter Park if there's a Four Rivers chicken place. Do you remember that time when we first moved to Winter Garden? We told Augie to meet us at Four Rivers, and he went to the one in Winter Park instead. Hey, Augie, thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for everyone else listening to this episode. Let's make a conscious it's... effort now uh, at the beginning of every podcast, within the first minute or two, about as far, far along as he'll listen, to <laughs> yeah, he share listen a story of something dumb that Augie did. That'll get us to like episode like 750, probably. Uh, it's September 15th, 2020. If you're new here every single week, uh, my beautiful wife and I discuss a random movie we watch from a massive movie collection, as well as uh, talk about our talk lives, about our lives and talk our about friends. what's going on in the world. Buds. Got, a, got the last quarter of the year. We are near the end of quarter three, yeah, 2020. I'm aware, I'm aware man. Uh, it's been a year, in case you've been living uh, somewhere else in on a Mars. different year <laughs> on, on <laughs> congratulations uh, but we had an exciting end of the year coming up this is our last episode so we're recording this ever we're re- ever we're done we're done we're recording this uh, like a week in advance from when you're hearing it uh, this is our last episode uh, in September a- which means we're about to start Leprotober as Samantha poorly named it uh, Halloween season is here, which means that we are going to be watching eight, count them, eight Leprechaun movies starting next week. I can't wait. It's going to be, we're going to be done really quickly because I think we're just going to be like, let's just get this over with. <laughs> Great. Uh, can't wait till your mom's here and we watch it with her. Oh no, that's, we're going to get them done before she lives in the state. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get them done. Because um, we got some fun things afterwards to look forward to. We have <laughs> immediately as soon as we're done, we watch Deep Blue Sea Two. Perfect, uh, great. And then we have four rooms. Uh, then we'll have the movie that I'm I'm selecting after uh, we're done with uh, the movie we're talking about today in Bruges. And then we also have our daughter's birthday. She picked her movie today. I'm not going to share it yet because a she could change her mind. She's not allowed to change her mind. I'm not allowed to ever change my things. She can't change her mind. She got to play by the rules. Fuck that. She's, she grew up in this house. She's going to learn how to play fair, play by the rules. That's the only right thing to do. Fair. We have to raise her the right way. It's true. If, I, if I'm raising her to be super competitive, she has to be raised to... She, she can't be as competitive as us, though. Oh, no, no, no. She's it, like, not. really. Like, we have to make sure that we no, tone I don't, it down I, I'm for not, her. I'm not raising like, her to be competitive. I'm just saying, like, I don't let her win anything. Did she legitimately beat me in Candyland three times yesterday? Yes. Um, so it's fine. She's a natural born winner and we're going to have any problems. So it's fine. She's legitimately beating us in matching games and memory games. Yeah, yeah. Like she's, she, yeah, she's beating us in things already. So I, I what am I going to let and her win anything? And that's just her, her mental capacity. We haven't even started really doing physical stuff Oh, she with can her. kick a soccer ball really well. She, she can really already hit a baseball. She really wants to learn how to play hockey, Augie. So she talks about it like every night at dinner, how so hockey this, is her favorite. Because you introduced the concept, and I I'm not going to share, I'm not gonna share with people on the podcast what I say in text messages to 
Augie and us in our little workout group about hockey because we'll get kicked off the air. Yeah, no, but but she legitimately said it today. Because you said it, you. No, you I said, didn't. You said, Jillian, do you want to play hockey? No, I didn't say that. Mm. The basketball game was on. She's like, what are you watching? I said, the basketball game. She's like, oh, basketball's my favorite. I said, oh, do you want to play basketball? When you get older, she said, yeah, basketball and skateboard and hockey. I don't remember that. That's legitimately what she says every time I ask her if she wants to play something physical. Meanwhile, we're going to enroll her in soccer classes. Well, she likes soccer, but she's, it's never on for us to... I'm not going to put that on. I'm going to put... Happy birthday, Tony. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to put soccer and hockey on. Uh, hockey is the Bruges of sports. <laughs> Let's get into well, it. Well, no, I, one other thing to get into before we get into today's uh, actual movie, your nomination in Bruges. Uh, up front, we always discuss movies that are currently out, normally in theaters, because... That's normally how you're supposed to go watch movies, but nowadays it's not. And for the second time, well, third time, because the first time we did Scoob, but we technically owned Scoob, so we did it for the podcast. Uh, last movie we discussed was Palm Springs. I've been on a big run of, like, I've been very busy at work, but I still like to have background, background noise on, so I've been watching a lot, like, re-watching a lot of movies. I rewatched Knives Out because it was just on Amazon Prime for yeah, free, so yeah. I was like, screw it. I rewatched both Harold and Kumar movies. I watched Zodiac. I watched, there's something else I watched randomly the other day that I was like, why am I watching this? But it was just, like, perfect for me to just throw on a rewatch. God, it's going to drive me nuts now. What was it? It was a stupid... Oh, I watched it. This is the end. Just, like, like stupid things I've seen plenty of times in the background. But something I had not watched uh, that finally hit uh, free, because as much as I wanted to see it, I was not going to pay 20 to $25 to watch it early. Uh, I watched Bill and Ted Face the Music last weekend, I believe. It was either Friday or Saturday night. You were You weren't feeling great, and you were going to go to bed early, and I was like, oh, well, I'm probably going to go soon. But then I saw that was up, and it was like an hour and a half. I'm like... I've been dying to watch this. I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan uh, as a kid. I probably should have been watching the movies, uh, but I had the toy. There were toys, so it was fine. There was animated series. There was toys. There was. Did you uh, fit in uh, between your parents when you went to see it in the theater? I was four when the second movie came out, so no. Um, in between your mom and grandma? No. <laughs> uh, the cereal, the toys, the animated series, all of it. Always loved it. So I was very excited for this pageant project to finally come to fruition. But. I watched it, and it was just so damn delightful. It was just so innocent and fun and came from a good place and was a sheer joy to watch. It legitimately kind of makes you tear up at the end by, like, its meaning and everything behind it. I can't recommend it enough. It quietly is, like, one of the better movie trilogies, I think, when all is said and done. Like, honestly, That's all three movies are great. Uh, this movie was perfect for fan service, but perfect for also moving it forward if they ever decided to do anything else with it. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was laughing and smiling like a big stupid idiot the entire time. So uh, definitely check it out. It would be something that now I would recommend spending the money on to see. I did not have to do it, but if you are interested in it, I think it is worth the price of admission. So check out Bill and Ted Face the Music. We'll do it uh, someday here on the podcast with the entire Bill and Ted tr- trilogy. But with that, let's get into a totally different kind of movie, your nomination in Bruges. Samantha, I believe it is your turn to read the box. So go right ahead. <clears throat> Anytime, whenever you're ready. There's stuff on the front. There is stuff on the front. I... That should count. No, why? I didn't even <laughs> start reading anything. In Bruges. <laughs> what put there? In bruise. In bruises all over. Is that the first time somebody's got one off the name? That's one. Shoot first, sightsee later. A hilarious, twisted pleasure, says Karen Durbin. L. Does that say Durbin? It's Durbin, yeah. I looked at it earlier. Because when I first looked at it, the first name was weird. I was like, what's that first name? It was just Karen. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to see. That's weird, right? I think it's probably this plastic. It's 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 a blockbuster package. Oh so, yeah, yeah, so that's probably it. Great, can't wait for this. Undeniably fun and refreshingly on PC says David Anson Newsweek. Don't just do. Sweaty. Here, you want to take it out? It's sweaty here, on there. I don't want you to have any excuses. Oh, I gotta take the. 
Gotta take the thing out of here. That's weird. Okay. <sighs> Colin Farrell and Academy Award nominee Ralph Fiennes. His name is Ray Fiennes. It just says Ralph. <laughs> No, but I read it as Ralph. No, but it's his name. His name is spelled like Ralph, but it's Ray Fines. That shouldn't count because that's that's. You, you, you need to know how the actor's name is said. That's mm, too. I don't think that that's absolutely. Are you kidding me? Star in this edgy, action-packed comedy filled with thrilling chases, spectacular shootouts, and an explosive ending you won't want to miss. Hitmen Ray Farrell and Ken. Brendan Gleeson, Harry Potter. <laughs> that sounds like just such a weird name. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson, Harry Potter. The law firm. Right? <laughs> Have been ordered to cool their heels in the Storybrook city of Bruges. It's in Belgium. After finishing a big job. But since hitmen make the worst tourists, they soon find themselves in a life and death struggle of comic proportions against one very angry crime boss. Fine. Get ready for the outrageous and unpredictable fun you will have in Bruges, the movie critics are calling wildly entertaining. Stephen Robello, Playboy. That, Why wildly? I'm, I'm, no, there was it was a little rough here no. in there, what? but no, I'm still going to give not. you two. You, you had a couple. Rough there. Also, I think you you didn't pluralize tourists. Yes, you I said did. the worst tourist. But I'm gonna I'm gonna only no, give you the I didn't. I'm only gonna give you the two because Ray Fines is a difficult one. I was hoping it was back there, and I knew you were gonna mess it up. Okay, well I think that you're an asshole. You should know that being Harry Potter and Voldemort, you should know it's Ray Fines. Yes, because I I refer to all of the characters by their actors' names. Yes, that's typical of what you do. Yeah. Do you want me to ask Alexa just to confirm? No, it's fine. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't really care. If you're wondering why this is a point of contention, it's not the first really. episode it's you a, are uh, listening it, so to. It doesn't even matter. Oh, that, that's not going to work on me. Please, if you think you not caring is going to make my victory any less important, then please, you're in the wrong boat. I'm up five already? Is that what it is? At the moment. At, at the moment. This is episode 312. So, so early. You said that last time. <laughs> and that's, I think... We ended up losing. Yeah, two. and I also said it the first time, and this, you had to cheat to win. This, so I didn't. You won fair and square. You tried to cheat. That's the whole. And point. I've never cheated since. We Every, only did it one other time. I don't understand why that's supposed to be such a great. Deal. Every fifty episodes, we have a reading challenge. Whoever loses has to watch a film franchise of the winner's choice. This is the last time we're doing this because we get into tiffs and arguments like this. So, in Bruges. A movie we saw in theaters back when it came out. I, this movie came out a lot longer ago than I remember. This came out like in 2008. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like more recent then. I don't no. know why. We were both working at the movie theater at the time um, in Gainesville. Our Regal Cinemas was the art Artsy, house theater. So yeah. we had a contract where it had to play like two independent films uh, at a time. We had two designated theaters that had that. Sometimes we'd have even more just depending on the time of the year and like... Like a movie like In Bruges is, is an independent, independent film. Independent, but, but like big stars. So it's well, kind not even of in big counted. stars, but like it plays on more screens. It gets like an extended release, or like it yeah. gets it gets good word of mouth because it's a very very good movie, and it gets expanded and it's into more theaters anyway. So sometimes you have three or four at a time. And really, I had no interest in seeing this movie whatsoever. Until but until my mother. Well, you're I, a combination of two yeah. things. Your mother was one who went to go see it and, and made it a recommendation. But also, just from working at the movie theater, you have a, a, a good mix of people that work there. And of course, one of the main things, I mean, you work at the theater, so you have to do theater walk, you have to clean up, you have to go into theaters and you know, handle I mean, if you have to work as an usher. I mean, if yeah. you're not good enough to just be in the box office all the time. Well, everyone is. Like everyone starts as an usher. Like one of the two of us, yeah. Um, but then sometimes, even if you're the head supervisor, you're still not good enough to just work in the box, and you have to still do theater walks, but that's okay. I did theater walks because I like doing theater walks. Uh, is that what you told yourself? Absolutely, because there's some days I don't want to fucking be stuck in a glass box for eight hours, because mm. there's going to be lines on the, the fucking mm -hmm. way, and I also don't want to smell mm -hmm. like fucking popcorn, and I was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, and all of my best friends at the theater were also like the terrible main ushers. Terrible influences. Yeah. Terrible, terrible influences, so, Steve. 
yeah. So I liked. I Not like, friend of the show, Steve Real. So I like, to, I like to go outside and smoke and talk movies. And that's how I found out about movies like Young at Heart. Like we already watched this podcast we loved. I would have never gone and seen that movie if other people weren't like, man, I did theater walks and this looks really good. Same thing with In Bruges. I'm like, okay, the cast is good, but some uppity, you know, indie, you know, British movie. No, it's actually really funny and really, like, really well done. And uh, and then I found the back out, background out about it in that it was done by Martin McDonough, who is a very famous playwright. He did The Pillow Man, which is a, a play that I have not actually seen before. But was like one of the go-to, uh, one of the go-to pieces that you would use for competition scenes in mm-hmm. Florida State Thespians. I probably saw, God, about a dozen different Pillow Man scenes, including our rival high school where I'm from, got uh, an award for their two-person scene from the Pillow Man. Uh, now Martin McDonough is also, you know, Seven Psychopaths, and then most recently, probably his most famous. And, like, acclaimed work that he's done is Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which won multiple Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. But this was the one that really, this is his first feature, both as a writer and as a director, kind of put him on the map. So we saw it, and, yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie, It's. Man. I think this is only the second, I don't think we've ever, I don't think I've watched it since we first saw it. I, I think, think I've, I've seen it once. I don't think I've ever rewatched it. It's not like a movie that you catch on TV a I think lot. I've seen like half of it one, mo- once more. Um, but not a movie you would even be able to watch on television. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could, but it'd be like, in Bruges, it's in Belgium. Like, it would be so, so many, like, spaces because of um, the amount of fucks in this movie. It's like, it's so hard to wa- watch. The fucks Wolf. and it's the cunts. So, it's so hard to the... watch Wolf of Wall Street when it's just on TV. Like, you can't, like, half of the dialogue is cut out. The same is with this. And that yeah. Wolf of Wall Street's way worse than this, to a certain extent. But, um, yeah, the fucks and the cunts, and it's just great. I mean, I mean you know it's my kind of movie, then. It, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just amazing. And my my parents actually um, they went to Europe last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when you can still this, go, right? Europe. When you can still go, freely go places, and they went to Bruges. They um, loved it, right? Loved it. Well, my mom is so my mom is from England, and um, for those listeners who don't really know a lot, uh, when you live in like Europe and like a European country, England, Spain, all that, like it's very easy to travel. When my mom was little, they would go to Spain and to Belgium a lot um, before she moved to America. And she had never gone to Bruges. After this movie, she was dying to go, go there. And they went. They loved it. Because they're, much, they're much more Ken than they are Ray. <laughs> a, a thousand percent. But, but because of what this movie points out, like yeah. the medieval... Um, all that, those attractions, like, just, like, the calm peacefulness, yeah. the beautiful architecture, the chocolates, um... Augie's gonna go now for the architecture. He loves those boat tours. They, they were on a boat tour. Augie, you could go on this boat tour. Mm-hmm. Um, please, everywhere that we go now with Augie, we just have to find a boat tour. I hate boat or, tours, or I hate architecture tours. a boat, so I'm or very much... an architecture tour. There's so an architecture board in Augustine we can go I'm to. very much Ray. Yes. In that, yes. I see this movie. No, you don't have to say, period. I see this movie period. and I'm like, yep, bunch of old buildings, cool. See, right? Where I hear like, Ken go like, ooh, I'm interested in what the Belgian pizza is like. Well, but no, because, <laughs> and it's like whenever we go on like cruises and stuff, we go to like other countries, it's like, oh, you could go on like, like the three hour tour like through the country and like mm-hmm. see like the sights and stuff and you're like, Nah, man, I'm good. But we go on an amazing race around it. You're like, yes, sign me up. Yeah, if you make it something competitive or you make it something... Yeah, where you could be a dick. Yeah. Yelling at me in the street. Yeah, if I get to punch a Canadian guy in a restaurant and make fun of a dwarf, I'm in. (laughs) That's my life. Uh, But I also, I'd be there for some horrible means. I'd be, like, depressed about something, probably. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, like, the whole premise of this movie... Is great. And yeah, I, I feel we should quickly kind of like, like uh, you, a high level overview because I think we're talking about it like it's, it's a more famous and popular movie. But I don't know how many people have seen this movie. I feel like when I talk about this movie, there's not too many people so, that I know that have really seen again, it. Independent film, and it came out in a killer year. I mean, right. it came out. It came out in 2007, 2008. When I mean that's the height of Dark Knight. 
well, so Dark Knight came out summer of two thousand eight, didn't I'm it? I'm bl- I'm basing it off of. It came out. No, it came out in two thousand eight. So yeah, it would have been the same. Oh, I'm so sorry. Pause on this. Um, should my parents rent the movie Fear Farm, but Farm with a P H A R M? It's like a documentary about like big pharmaceuticals or something. Is it a documentary? That's what it sounds like. Uh, so it 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 got some Oscar buzz because of the it Golden did. Globes. Because the Colin, Golden Globes, they Colin both Farrell, got nominated. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson were both nominated and for Colin and Colin Farrell won, won, and it was nominated for Best Comedy. But it was also a down year. I purposely looked it up, um, not to like take away from it because I mean I'll go ahead and say it. I think Colin Farrell is absolutely. Incredible. I don't. I don't like Colin Farrell. I don't Farrell like Colin all. Farrell as a person. I'm not an. I'm normally not a Colin Farrell fan, but he destroys he, in this. He, he's so natural. He's so funny. He's emotion so emotional. That he portrays. He's my I mean, MVP by a country mile. Like I put on here, I was like, I just put like the i the like, the idyllic nature mm-hmm. of this of this place juxtaposed. Um against what they did, the crime and the violence, and then what a dick. Yeah. I bet Colin Farrell's favorite role today because he didn't even have to act. Well, sure. Like... Um, in any other movie, Brennan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes are like locks upon locks. They were really so good. They're, they're both great. Really amazing. But they are still far and away behind Colin Farrell. I just us. think... Right, I can lock him in. I mean, and I guess it's comparatively. I can lock him in. Yeah, but Ray Fiennes really. I mean, we're, we're, we'll talk about the more as we go on. But great. Um, so Colin Farrell won the Golden Globe. Uh, it was the same year as Dark Knight. Um, yeah, I know. So it was a weak That's year. Why I said it. It was a weak what? year in terms of competition for com- on the comedy side. So he beat Javier Bardem, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, uh, James Franco in Pineapple Express, uh, Brandon Gleeson, I already mentioned, and Dustin Hoffman in Last Chance Harvey, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, Isn't and that then the a- one where he has a dog no i think you're getting confused with harvey which is the uh oh god the ernest bart borgnine like invisible bunny movie uh last chance harvey i think it's just like an old guy and he's about to die or something no he's at his daughter's wedding and then he meets some other girl sure uh the the vicky christina barcelona ended up winning best motion picture comedy it was up against burn after reading happy go lucky and mama mia but yeah, drama was Slumdog, Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, oh, yeah. Dark Knight, The Wrestler, Milk. So it was a pretty a pretty big year. So that's why it kind of like went under the radar. But its Golden Globe wins gave it a chance. And I, I feel I actually meant to look up the Academy Awards. Well, the Academy Awards I could probably tell you for actor. It would have been Mickey Rourke, uh, Frank Langella, Brad Pitt, and Sean Penn. And then the fifth, actually, probably was Leonardo DiCaprio for uh, for Revolutionary Road, but I'm not 100% positive. So that's a hard group to kind of break into, but I think Colin Farrell definitely deserves it. The story is two hitmen uh, uh, are told to hide out in Bruges and wait for instructions after a job gone wrong. The job going wrong, so the movie starts um, very, very lightheartedly. You get a great dynamic between the two. Brennan Gleeson is kind of enjoying this vacation, everything's talked about in, like, the pronoun game. You're not exactly sure why they're there or what they're doing. They're waiting for instructions. They're sightseeing. Colin Farrell's miserable, um, but, you know, hilariously miserable in, you know, yelling at fat American tourists and not enjoying anything while Brandon Gleeson's making the most of it. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it turns out the job that went wrong was it was Colin Farrell's first it was job. R- Richard Jenkins was the other. Over the visitor, yeah, yeah good job, Richard Jenkins. Um, the the job that went wrong is it was Colin Farrell's first job as a hitman, which you don't learn until much later in the movie. It was sent to kill a priest, and he kills the priest, but he accidentally shoots and kills like a a six year old boy. Yeah, as as just a by. Just bystander. like a, a, just, like yeah, the bullet goes through, through and, and hits and a child hits in the so head. Unintentional. So they're they're supposed to the hiding to figure out what's going to happen. Of mm-hmm. course, and so the movie is about that, and then eventually Ray Fine's character, who's their their, their boss. boss, instructs Brendan Gleeson to kill Colin Farrell, but he can't bring himself to do it. So Ray Fine's has to come and correct the situation himself. Uh, but the way this movie just like on a on a dime can just turn because the first fifteen minutes of the movie are all very. 
lighthearted. Like I said, Just the dynamic like, between oh, the two of them bickering back here? and forth yes. is good. Then it goes really, really heavy on the dwarf thing. Uh, so there's a, there's a movie. They're filming that's... something. They're filming midgets. And then he runs. You're not allowed to say that. You're quoting, so I'm allowing it yeah. today. I know. But I quoted it. You, but you've been saying the M word a lot on the podcast, and it's something I mean to talk to you about. We have a big following in the in the little person community. Um, I get the numbers. They're they're short, but they're. I can't help myself. Oh, it's mean. They can't help it. They're small. Um, there's a movie being filmed, and Colin Farrell just thinks a, a dwarf acting is like the most incredible thing ever. Um, and then yeah, then the next thing you know, it shows you this hit. And it just shows you and it's just a child with They pan a, out and you just see the little boy's... The, the bullet his, hole in his head. His, like half of his head is blown off and he just falls to the ground and it's breathtaking in the worst way and in the best way how they shot this. Yeah. I, I just think that the direction in this movie mm-hmm. is, is, is really incredible for the storytelling and the way that they're telling the story, you know, without revealing they 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 don't show all their cards up front. So mm-hmm. like you said, like they reveal that they're like we don't know at first when they're in Bruges, right? Then it reveals that they're hitmen and then it reveals the job and then it reveals this and that. And then just the parallels that they're able to accomplish, mm-hmm. the panning is the same and it just was really so well done. And it's it's masterful in drastically shifting tones because mm-hmm. then you spend a little bit of time in this deep, dark despair, and then the next thing you know, they can He's have snorting Coke off a a prostitute. I mean Well, but then also like they're having this humorous conversation about going to see Jesus Christ's blood. wet, dry blood. Um, and, like, the subject matter, I, the phone call is an example. So, like, the phone call that... That was really uh, ...that well Brennan Gleeson and Ray Fiennes has, and, which is also done in one take, which is incredible. Really well uh, ...is so hilarious because it makes Ray Fiennes out to be this really... He almost sounds aloof, or, like, he sounds too... Which you find out to be too conscientious and too generous... In terms of like, he's it's like, oh, well, I'm glad he had a good time. Oh, what'd you guys do? Oh, Pizza Hut? Like, oh, how was it? Like, like asking I'm all these I questions. Got, I'm glad I got to give the boy something uh, yeah. to, to, and then, to, you know, something yeah. nice. And then it turns because like Because you have to kill it. Yeah, like, yeah. And then it just turns into like this uber serious yeah. thing. And the way that Gleason's face represents just it. Just like this, like, just such a charming yeah. psychopath. It, it does basically. that. It does that so easily throughout the movie. I do think... My personal, like, sole problem with the movie is the ending of the movie. Um, I think it gets a little too messy for I, me. I don't think so. I, I think it's all laid out a little too... I don't know. I didn't have a problem I with the first that, time I saw it, I but... I think that the ending is amazing. I like it, but... So that, that ending, I'm so sorry. Like that ending, just that very last thing. You've got to stick to your principles, and then he blows his own brains out. I think wasn't a fan of it. I, I don't know why. So the the ending of this movie is Ray Fiennes goes to Bruges, has an amazing scene with Brennan Gleeson. The best use of the word cunt in movie history. You're a cunt. You've always been a cunt, and you're only going to become a bigger cunt. Go have some more cunt kids. <laughs> it's just the best. Hey, you don't bring my kids into it. I think that... I cannot wait the to call between the somebody's two. children cunts. <laughs> In the next 13 to 15 years, it's going to be great. Uh, I think that the chemistry between Ray Fiennes and Brendan Gleeson is awesome. amazing. So, uh, Brendan Gleeson has sent Ray Fiennes away. Uh, instead of killing him, that's why Ray Fiennes is going there. Um after calling his wife an inanimate fucking object <laughs> in the best way ever. Uh, so he takes him up to this uh, this historic tower to kill him, but Brennan Gleeson basically talks him out of it, but he still has to shoot him in the leg as like some kind of penance for what he's done without knowing that, uh, that Colin Farrell is back because he was sent back after being kicked off a train for punching a Canadian previously. So he's like, gets bailed out by his love interest, and they find out that he's there, 
There's a struggle. Brendan Gleeson gets shot. And then in order to save Colin Farrell and distract attention from what's happening, he jumps off the bell tower because he knows he's going to die anyway from his wounds um, and saves everybody by dropping the change that he tried to pay with earlier <laughs> to get up yeah. into the tower. Uh, so then there's this big chase. I think, like, from that point on, like, it's a really, really long foot race between the two of them back and forth. And then there's a, a funny scene in the hotel where, like, the the innkeeper isn't going to leave the two of them alone to, like, have a shootout. And, like, they're trying to agree on how to do this. Like, who's going to leave? And, like, again, it's good about drastically shifting tones where, like, you can be this uber-serious thing. Our second main character just killed himself to protect our main quote-unquote protagonist. But then now you have this, like, humorous ha-ha standoff well, where they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so there's a lot of humor in the darkness. In this. Yes. But I think that the underlying tone of it is on... The phone, like, when when Harry and Ken are on the phone, and Ken's like, but why does he have to die? Mm-hmm. And, like, Harry's like, well, you, you can't just shoot a fucking kid and expect to get away with it. Mm. And that is the principle that kind of guides throughout this whole movie. So the whole reason they had that whole thing in the hotel is because she was pregnant. Right. Had she not been pregnant, there was this, this child that this child's life at stake, mm-hmm. basically, I think that they would have had the shit out in the hotel and they wouldn't have mattered. Sure. So I think that that just is another thing, another layer that shows, like, Harry doesn't fuck with children, right? He's got all these cunt fucking children. And, you know, so I think also the scene, like, with his wife and the kids, like, when he's at the house, shows he's like this family man, right? Mm-hmm. He puts his kids first and everything like that. So I think that that just was another way to to layer that on top so that way that ending has the hit that it has because... See, I, 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 I get everything you're saying and I'm not disagreeing with it. I just feel like the way, not necessarily it was portrayed, but the feel that it played out rang a little hollow to me because then what's more important is the life that you can have with the children that you have more important. It's your principles. Your principles. Yeah, I, I You have to always It just didn't it just didn't hook me in at that point that way. I just didn't like it. And the whole being he doesn't kill a child, the dwarf, the actor that we've been seeing this entire time is dressed uh, as a school dressed as a school kid. child for this dream sequence they're filming in the movie and when uh Ray Fiennes shoots for like the 10th time Colin Farrell, it goes through him and it accidentally blows the, right, the, the dwarf. It, he bought specific bullets to blow somebody's head off. And, and it, it makes did. him look like he killed a child. Colin Farrell tries to explain to him it's not a child. It doesn't matter. He blows himself away. And then d- paramedics come and rescue Colin Farrell, who has a voiceover, and you don't know if he lives or dies. Or and it's, I really, really hoped I wouldn't die. I think that ending is incredible. The last five minutes of that movie are See, it doesn't... so great. I think that it just ties it all together. like. Because it's just such a great parallel. And it's like, the whole reason why he's hunting down this this guy, this was his first hit, too. Yeah. Right? So, okay, you messed up. Okay, right, we're all human, whatever. And it's not like he intentionally did it, but it right. doesn't matter. You can't mess with kids. And that was like this guy's whole principle, right? I just thought that it was so well done. I, I really enjoyed the ending, I I enjoyed the movie itself. But I really just love the ending. The, the en- music is so great. great in this. Music's very very um, good. And there's like like we said, there's so much humor in this. There's a lot. There's that whole bit about like the lollipop man knowing karate, and it's just so. There's funny. a lot of good bits. So there's yeah, a lot there's of good part, bits. It's just, there's uh. It's so non PC. No, yeah. It's 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 delightfully non PC. Yeah, if I it, can say it, it. It's it is. I mean, and it was also made in a different time, completely different time in two thousand eight, and it's made with these like, uh, Scottish actors who. Oh, I turned subtitles on immediately. Immediately, but you know, it it it's just. It's just so great. It really is so wonderful, wonderfully fun, but it still has such heavy content. See, so what I, what I found more powerful than the principles part and the ending was the stuff kind of in the middle when Ken's struggling with killing the power of stopping the man that you're supposed to kill of killing himself. 
that to me is more powerful than what you were discussing in that he's given this mission and then instead of having his vacation now, he basically goes in the same bender that Colin Farrell's looking to have. Not a big fan of like the partying with the prostitutes, the dwarf scene and the whole like, I also might be the times we're in right now, like the The black black, against the white, the white like argument and race, uh, like war thing. But, uh, but like once he gets himself up to like go and get the gun and that other guy's a whole like weird character, Yori. And then finding Colin Farrell in this park, surrounding himself with like youth and innocence and having every intention of following through the job, but then seeing this guy, like not wanting him to go out in that way, but then not wanting to put him out in that way and their conversation about that. See that that is better and bigger to me than the principles and the I, talking about no, the I kids. See. It just hits me a different way, I guess. Sure. I'm, I'm not sure. But that I, but I think that's a great thing about this movie is that it has a couple different a couple different lessons in it, yeah. if you will. And while it has lessons, it's also It's just great. Gi- fun. It's, it's yeah, it's also giving great you fun. these incredibly eccentric characters, like like bit players and these like really crazy situations that Colin Farrell winds himself like finds himself in, you know, hooking up with a woman who was initially going to technically rob him and then thwarting the robbery and blinding the guy. Um like I already mentioned, everything about the the movie being made and the dwarf, who I want to get to later because I, I think he's my L V P. Uh I guess we can get to it now. Do you have anybody else's L V P? Um I don't think, I mean, I liked. It's definitely not Brandon Gleason, definitely not Ray Fiennes. Definitely they not. Are, they are surefire, should have been MVP candidates in that. Oh, yeah. Brandon Gleason sure. is always under, a former MVP on this podcast. He was MVP, I believe, for Lake Placid. I think Ray Fiennes also was MVP for Grand Budapest Hotel. So another one so I'm doing great. in the Two Timers Club. So great. They're, they're three scenes together, both in the Bell Tower and in like the cafe or like just having, having a beer and then the phone call are so goddamn good. Uh, yeah, they're they're incredible. Like those are just those are great like best scene contenders. Like, yeah, they're amazing. yeah, absolutely. Just great um, dialogue, I, I, great performances. I I, I wasn't. I like uh, Clemence Posse. She was good. She's fine. I like the innkeeper. She was yeah and uh yeah her yeah. name was um the actress is Elizabeth Barrington. Um, I wasn't a big yes. fan of Eric, but I thought he was better later on when he was like intervening about. You know, finding out that he was Yuri's—he was Yuri's son or Yuri's brother or the guy who supplies the guns. I don't know. I think he was he, just there. No, no, he was related to them. In, oh, in I didn't some way. miss that. Um, I thought he was better there, but the dwarf—the whole time I'm looking at him, I'm just like, you look like a sh- you look. Oh, I thought that that guy was Jeremy Renner. No, it's not Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah, no, not that guy. Uh, no, that—that's—that's that's the guy who played Eric. Eric, yeah. The dwarf, I was like, man, you're just a shrunken down version of Justin Long, <laughs> and right? Didn't he remind you of Justin Long, like doing like his like weird like porn character from Zack and Miri, or also uh, uh, Jeremy Piven in Rush Hour Two? Sure. A little bit. The whole time, I didn't think he was a good actor. I thought he was very, and he just very turned phony me and fake. Off, the whole like... time, I was like. You couldn't have the, gotten Dinklage for this. Yeah, just like I mean, I and don't I was like, know. Dinklage is probably too old. Like, but Dinklage is actually good. I don't know. Um, and this guy personality was just. Meh. Well, I think he was supposed to be like this, like cocky Hollywood star, like badass. But like, right. I've seen Dinklage like do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, sure. I mean, Dinklage can only do so many. Get <laughs> to only be available for so many projects where a dwarf is needed, but. Hey, you know, like, maybe wait a few weeks and make sure Dinklage is there. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody else did anything that I was like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, there was nobody else, like, like meaty enough to get in there. So, um... Oh, no, uh, her name was Thelkla uh, Rutin. Thelkla Rutin, yeah, I was just going to correct you was on that. The, was the inky... Uh, Jordan Prentice is the... Uh, is the little person in question here? It looks like he's done nothing else. He uh, he played Howard the Duck at one point. Good for him, and he's been been in a bunch of uh, American Pie movies. So yeah, he is the LVP of In Bruges. A couple things I wanted to touch on that this movie just makes me think of and realize. 
another scene we didn't talk about is uh, the best and worst first date of all time, uh, which is them going to this like fancy restaurant and them just admitting what legitimately awful things they do for a living and thinking you know that each other is crazy. Man, I really am sad I miss the smoking in restaurants portion of the world. <laughs> like, I, I smoked from 2005 to 2013. No, 14. 14 is when we moved. 14, yes. Um, no, it was... A year after we got married is when you quit. Correct. You are correct, yes. I know I'm correct. Uh, Why do you always say, like, I know... I'm normally good about dates and years and stuff. Yeah, okay, but I'm always right. And whatever. But that's when I smoked. Love smoking. Miss smoking to this very moment. God, I want a cigarette right now. But I... Every place... Florida has been no smoking indoors for... Fuck. As long as I've lived here. Like 20 years, 30 Mm -hmm. years. 98 Mm -hmm. is when I moved here. I don't think that that's true. I'm pretty sure. And there's pretty still... sure that's not true because I'm pretty sure I would sit in smoky sections in restaurants with my family. So I, I don't think that... And I remember, so it couldn't yeah. have been when I was Well, there. I remember in Ohio, like, it, we would always, for my grandmother, would always be in the smoking section. But, man, just something about, like, smoking in a restaurant. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just something I want to do. I know it's still, like, legal in some places. It's very, very fleeting. But there are some states that have not completely passed it. Yet. No, it's. I think it's everywhere. It just depends if they, depends on like, if no. they're, they're bars or if they're outdoors. And no, I'm stuff. talking about the restaurants. Right. Alexa, are there any states where smoking is allowed in restaurants? There's not. Here's something I found from I the article so. tobacco smoking on Wikipedia. In the United States, many states prohibit smoking in restaurants, and some also prohibit smoking in bars. So many. Just didn't say all. Thank you. So Florida banned it in 2003. Really? That late? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it seems like so... Yeah. It's in 2003. So a lot of places would, would do it independently. But there's always like smoky oh, side, yeah. non-smoky side. One it of wasn't that. mandated by Florida. It was mandated yeah. by Florida later in 2003 where you cannot smoke no, inside see, I just, a restaurant. I just thought it was earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wish I was... Smoking during the the peak time when you can smoke in a restaurant because it's just it's just it's just cool. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening to this, don't start smoking. It's an awful, expensive habit. Okay, it it's says, terrible. As of July 2018, so this is old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve states have not enacted statewide ban. Ah, which states? Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Carolina. Of Texas, Virginia, of West Virginia, Wyoming. Wow, those are all exactly the states I would have guessed. Uh, um, I'm going, going to go through a couple of those. Maybe I can my parents, my mom and my sister to sit in a smoking section. No. No, I, I wouldn't smoke anyway. Come on. <sighs> you can, but then you won't be able to run that 5K. I know. Trust me, that's... The thing I think about when I'm running is like, God, if I ever wanted to start smoking again, I'd have to pick <laughs> if I was going to keep smoking and be totally unhealthy or run and be in the best shape and best health I've ever been in my entire life. Um, <sighs> oh, that movie that my mom talked about earlier? Mm-hmm. Members of a deranged family use the world's scariest maze to hunt teens with perfect skin. I told her to rent it. That sounds horrible, even for my standards. Yeah, I know, but... They like Chopping Mall, so... It was on today on Pluto TV, by the way. I was watching like 10 minutes of it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, this is just a fun movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's got some layers to it, so it talks about a lot of things. Like, I mean, there's that whole thing about race relations it talks about. Um, It talks just about a lot of stuff. I, I... But there's so much humor in it. It's just a good movie to watch. I can't reiterate the Colin Farrell point. We made him MVP very, very early on. He's just great. He is pitch Just perfect the emotion this entire movie like, really? the way he breaks down over his regret and his guilt, guilt over killing a child the but, tears, then, but then also how he can just be so like witty and funny in his environment and situation it's just great immediately like when he sees the girl his, he's flirting with her his facial expressions it's all and on point 
he just the work with his eyes is so goddamn Best good. Best work I think he's. I ever wish. Done. Oh, absolutely. Like like I said, I'm not a Colin Farrell fan. I think I liked. I think I liked Phone Booth. I've never seen Phone Booth. Oh. I also have not seen a lot, and the stuff I have seen, like Miami Vice, yeah, okay, miscasted. But okay, yeah, so okay, like, then maybe you're uh, gonna be a huge Colin Farrell fan. Daredevil. I think that this is gonna be the beginning of you being a huge Colin Farrell fan if we start watching some of these other movies that he's been in. I mean, he was in Seven Psychopaths, which we I've not seen actually. He, I mean. I think maybe Horrible might... Bosses is like a bad example because he's yeah, but barely he was, in it. He was barely in it, but I think he was okay in it. Sure. Know? I mean, yeah, I guess I haven't seen a I lot. But my... I feel like, I honestly feel like he's somebody that I've almost kind of avoided. Well, yeah. Because, well, also, okay, so because, here's the other because thing. Because you don't want to look at yourself on the television. What does that mean? You're a dick, just like Colin Farrell. Yeah, but they don't look like him. No, I didn't say uh, that. He was the only, he was one of the only parts of Fantastic Beasts that I liked. And. That's. Here's, here's, I think, what's harming him for me. True Detective Season 2. Yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> and he is maybe the best part of True Detective Season 2. But that is still the only time I've ever hate-watched anything from beginning to end in my entire life. And he has. Have I, I've talked about the line on this, on this podcast, correct? I think so. Uh, he has, he's the best part of it because he owns the very first episode his son is getting bullied, and his son is, like, this fat ginger loser. And he gets bullied, and I guess, like, I, I'm trying to remember. His shoes get stolen by a bully at school, so this his cop character, who's on the take, he's a drug addict, an alcoholic, whatever, goes to the bully's house and, like, gets the bully and his father outside, and he beats the fuck out of the bully's dad with, like, brass knuckles. Like, beats him down, the, like, the bully is crying, and he goes, if I have to come back here... I'm going to butt fuck your father on this front lawn with your mother's headless corpse. On top of me wanting to call kids cunts, that is going to be something I say to Jillian's first boyfriend when she brings him over. All right, Kai. <laughs> Listen. Steve? Um, the next time I see Kai, I'm going to tell him right his face. Yeah, but you have to do it where Steve is watching Hey, you. Kai, come here. You want, you want to come play? Come here. When you're 16 years old and you take Jillian out, if you do anything, 16? 16 figure when they're going to start dating, whether we no, like no, it or no, not. No, 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 Not while she's living in this house. Well, no, we're going to move by then. <laughs> not while she's living under my roof. Come on. I don't want to be, look, I felt terrified to ask anybody on a date very, very late because I thought how my mother was going to react. I do not want to be the same way. Do I want, do I joke outwardly that Jillian's going to be chained to the refrigerator cool, 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 for cool. decades? Yes. But you run the fear of then her turning into a bad kid or rebellious kid or a kid uh -huh. that lies to us. To so, you. So as long as they're to going... To you. As long as... She's not going to lie to me. I'm going to know As long as they're just going to the movies and having uh -huh. dinner and we follow them and we go at the same time, then it's perfectly fine. And Steve is with us. Oh, you best believe that her first date, I'm going to be oh, where are you guys going? Oh, you're going to go to the movies? Cool, cool. Which theater? What time? Oh, great, great, great. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, pleasure seeing you here. Who would have known? I'm just here checking out... The new Colin Farrell joint, you know, it's so funny. I just got a job here. I'm doing theater walks. Uh, yeah, I have, to go, I, I, have, I have to go check the movie every uh, five minutes. You guys are in it. Keep your hands to your goddamn self. I'm a butt fuck your father on the front lawn with your mother's headless corpse. Whew. I knew this was going to be a fucking cunt heavy episode. I don't think you've said it nearly enough. Cunt, 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 Please don't say it like that. Cunt, 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 Shout out to Rich Camelucci doing that on a Podswoggle episode years ago. Do you remember when Rich had that, does he sell that shirt? No. <laughs> remember when Rich All got right. that shirt? So let's, so let's wrap up I real quick. I love you, Rich. Let's wrap up this podcast by, or wrap up our Inbridge talk by talking about how obsessed uh, myself and Rich Camelucci were with the word cunt in 2007. It's a great word. It's a great word. It's just, it's the, like one of like five words that still holds like cunt kids. weight. And like you were trying anger. to fucking good about my cunt kids. It, it just like if you're gonna use it, you gotta mean it and use it. I'll never forget the first time I ever heard this word. I was ten or eleven years old. It was in Columbus. Well, that already revealed. Okay, who done. Would, no, but no, next. No, but who do you think would have been the first person I ever heard say the word cunt? Yeah, M. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that was a question. I could have told you that. So it was at work and my sister was having struggles 
And she was supposed to be off because myself and my mom and my grandmother were in town visiting. And she comes barreling out of this room and is is yelling and complaining that she has to log in and do this. And how old were you, you said? 10 or 11. 10 or 11. So, um, mid 20s. Yeah, M yeah. is uh, quite a bit older than 13 yeah. years. Hey, don't just years. And she's like angry that she has to do this because this fucking cunt doesn't know how to do her job. And my sister, my mom went, <gasps> like the biggest over exaggeration. Like, oh my God. And my grandmother, who never said the F word in her life, she could say plenty of other words, but my grandmother tried Didn't to be. Didn't she more learn respectful. cuss words so in other languages? She cuss words to go to Disney, yes. Yeah. Just so she could insult people in their own, their own language. My grandmother just did the understated Cary Grant, just eye raise, like, good Lord. And I was just sitting there, like, I'm guessing that's a bad word. But <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. But anyway, uh, so when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, it's the greatest word in the world. And you think that it's funny and hilarious. You want to base it. Also, when you it. do comedy. So uh, our fifth sketch show we ever did, we realized, you know, we had done a lot of plenty of offensive sketches and whatnot, but we never said the word cunt in a sketch before. <laughs> and we wanted to make it a big deal. So, so I wrote a sketch that was called Timmy Cunt. And it was basically just a, a send off. It, it was a runner. No, it was just one. It was originally a runner. We made it one sketch. I got talked out of making it a runner. It was only the one sketch. I'm positive. Warren's talking about making it a runner, and he was correct because it, it the first one didn't even work. Uh, it was a playoff of the Chappelle Show uh, N-word family sketch, where what would you do if, if the family was, had the last word? Except we didn't say it. We just every time it got said, it was a a. a Mother and father, you Hello. were the, the mother, and Scotterwell was the father. Oh, they, wow! And they were arguing. What cat? They were arguing over their son's birthday party, and they kept like saying each other's names. But every time the, the name cunt was said, uh, Steve Real was a clown. No, it was just Steve. Steve was the clown for the birthday party. He was late, and he was testing. No, he was early. He came early. Oh yeah, he was. He was testing the clown horn. So every time the word cunt was supposed to be said, he would honk the horn. And it was very obvious as to what it was, and it, it was it was fine. It got a decent reaction, but it's just Steve in a clown costume honking this horn. It's the only thing people are laughing at. So finally, the scene leaves. You slap Scott in the face, and you guys it was have the said best. Kind of a bunch of times. They both leave, and there's like a good solid ten seconds. Steve's honked this horn maybe fifty times. He just goes, "What's wrong with this horn?" <laughs> it's just the stupidest button. Very next sketch, and this hasn't aged well at all, it's our friend Marcella. She's doing like this really exaggerated Rosie O'Donnell impression. It's the only person we could think of in 2008 that most people did not like or was annoyed by. She's just being awful, and Justin Wagner, the actor, is behind her and goes, you know, Rosie, I hate to tell you, but you are just such an obnoxious, and he just belts cunt out. And he was so happy to say Because he hated Rosie O'Donnell. Very, uh, very like New York accent-y kind of guy. And we all run out on stage and I celebrate. Made a cake. We well, that's the button. Thanks for ruining the button as oh, usual. Sorry. There's like streamers and celebration, and me as the director, I make a speech like that's the first time the word "cunt" has actually been said in a generation sketch. Uh, but, but see, we made a big deal out of it because it's not a big deal. It's just a word. Words don't matter. You know, it's just it's, why is there such a stigma around it? Let's just say what we want to say. And let's not make a big deal of it anymore from here. And then somebody runs out like, hey guys, I made cake. And you made a cake that just had the word cunt run on it. We all freak out again. That's the end of it. Uh, but Rich was just like so enamored with it that he got a shirt that had the word cunt on it in pink. My idea. Uh, but it was in Braille. <laughs> so it was just how you would say cunt in Braille on the front. And on the back it just said, yeah, I said it. <laughs> that was it. And I think, like, he felt like, well, people were going to ask who's going to be hilarious. I think, like, two people ever asked. And I'm like, oh, cool. And <laughs> it's went about their day. And I bet you he doesn't have that shirt anymore. And I can't wait for him to confirm that it's long gone and a bad decision. Or he's going to send me a picture of him wearing it. That'll now be two sizes too big. Congratulations. That's the story of cunt. <laughs> I love you, Rip. Uh, anything else on Bruges? No, I mean, look, it's just a great movie. We have to score. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, just, definitely check it out. It's it's great. If you I'm haven't sure seen it's it, it's great. It, it's just a good. Just check out Martin McDonough in general. Like I said, Three Billboards yeah. is great. Pillow Man is an incredible play, absolutely amazing. Uh, you think this is gets emotional and heady in parts? That's on a whole nother level. Um, I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Score time. I score it first because you nominated it. I have two scores written down, as I'm prone to do, and based on the conversation that we have, it kind of dictates where yeah. my decision goes. 
Like I said, I personally thought the ending was a bit messy, but I still like it. I just it didn't age well with me. I thought it was a little heavy-handed as well with the talk about the principles and the use of the dwarf and then being a child and the way it worked out. But everything else leading up to that to me was a great uh dramedy, especially a dark dramedy. It's something hard to do. Especially when it leans so heavy on comedy and oh. parts and so heavy on drama parts to to nail both of them is difficult. I'm gonna give it a nine. I agree with everything you said except for the ending. Um because it, it, it it's just there's so much humor in this darkness. It's just really great to watch. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lot of fun and it's unexpected. Like like I know typically we don't agree with the quotes on the box. But mm-hmm. the quotes were pretty spot yeah. on this time. It was unexpected. It was non-PC. It was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I'm also giving it a nine. Okay. Um, it, it, it's just, I love this movie. And I've never wanted to go somewhere so badly. I've never wanted to not go somewhere so badly, but Bruges. still go there. I want to go to Bruges, we'll go to Bruges. so badly. Okay. I think it would be just so wonderful. Just know I'm going to be drunk the whole time. Well, no, because it's Belgian beer, so you probably won't because you're not a big fan of Belgian beer. I will find something to drink the whole time. <laughs> I uh, will be drunk on Belgian beer I, the whole time. And I will be doing a Colin Trail impression the entire time. I mean, we could go. We have family over well, in we'll England. We'll eventually. You know, we'll, we'll be there eventually. Speaking of un-PC, that's going to be my oh, two nominations today. I've had this earmarked, so I have a giant list of nominations, and I constantly have, like, some that I've had queued up, and then ultimately something changes my opinion. This is something I've had earmarked for a while. Funny, we're talking about the year 2008. One of my two movies will be from 2008. With talking about un-PC things and cancel culture and, and PC being a topic of conversation, I wanted to visit two comedies that I feel are impossible to do today and for totally different reasons one like i said came out just a little over 10 years ago one came out i think almost 40 years ago at this point two of my favorite comedies two things that have heavily influenced me in terms of my humor and my style and my likes so my two nominations are tropic thunder mm-hmm. and the kentucky fried movie I think you've already nominated a Kentucky Fried Movie. It's not on the list. I'm pretty sure you have. I'm looking at the list right here. I thought that you had nominated it. I have not nominated the recently. Kentucky Fried Recently. I have not nominated the Kentucky Fried Movie. I am 100% positive. I checked and vet my list all the time. Hmm. So those are my two nominations. I'm not picking Kentucky Fried Movie, yeah. so. Tropic Thunder? Yep. I knew you wouldn't. Thanks. But that's fine. So uh, another blast from 2008's past Tropic Thunder will be coming your way on uh, November 12th. (laughs) So you have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, almost two months to wait for Tropic Thunder. uh, Because before that, next week, Lepra-tober begins. Octopron? Is that better? Octopron? No. No? No, because that could be like about like shrimp. Eight shrimp walk into a bar. <laughs> Ooh. Ouch. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sci-fi movie called Octoprawn. Octoprawn. Starring the Octomob. <laughs> She'll do anything. And Alfred Molina. She'll do anything for a hundred bucks. It's true. Uh she's got eight mouths to feed. Nine if you count her butthole. Thank you for listening to Podswoggle. Podswoggle! <laughs> I oh, so when you talk about buttholes, you immediately think about Potswoggle. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. Uh, please uh, go to arcadeaudio.net and listen to all the other uh, shows in our network of podcasts. You could follow us on all social medias uh, at Married with Movies. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Married with Movies. I just said all social media. But they're different. At Mary W. Movies on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Mary W. Movies, Mary Movies at gmail.com. Let me take over. Patreon.com slash Arcade Audio for bonus content from this podcast and others. I realized today that we'd watched like five episodes of Stack and we haven't recorded about them. So now let's just finish watching Stack. We'll just do all in one episode. That's what we were going to do. We need to get that done. 
Uh, Every time I say it, you want to watch something else. We'll we'll cleanse our our leprechaun palette with yeah <laughs> with in stacked. between. Great. Yeah. All right. So the halfway point of leprechaun, we'll watch the rest of stacked. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's it. I think you got a little plug. Sorry, when you do the plug, you do them so poorly, it, it, I lose my spot in my place. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I just mean like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> that didn't make it. That didn't help my case. Uh, I mean, you're awful. Uh, sorry. Uh, you don't know how to speak properly. That's not it. You're a cunt. <laughs> hey, the fact that it took me an hour to call you a cunt is, is a record. I'm just going to keep talking until you stop the recorder. No, keep going. Because I know you're not going to edit any of this out, so I, I need as much proof as I can get. <laughs> high, For... de- high deposition lawyer. Playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.